All right, everyone. This is Price Archery and Hunting, episode three, but technically episode one redo. So this is going to be like backpacking 101 for somebody's first trip. Um, I got my buddy Sam Gibbs here with me getting ready to go on his first backpacking trip. So I thought this would be a good way to record it. I'm going to go over a pack list, um, and hopefully he'll have some questions too that I know I probably had, and we can kind of hash some of that stuff out, and hopefully this is really helpful for anybody just starting into it. Um, it might get a little chaotic, uh, and maybe at the end of it I'll really tighten that list up, and I'll post that online for people to find, and we'll see how that goes, but otherwise, how you doing, Sam? What's up, man? I'm good. Everything's going good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. All right. So, well, before we even start, is there any questions right off the top of your head about this? I mean, this is this is your first trip. You're going, what, five days? Five days, Wednesday to Sunday. Um, questions are endless when you go on your first backpacking trip. For, for myself, mainly just because you go, you find dozens of products dozens of different things you can buy tons of different ways you can go on how to pack and you just you don't know where to start especially it's mm -hmm. just it's it's hard to figure out you know what you need for five days or what you need for you know however many days and what is necessary to survive and what's right a, you know if you're going to if you're packing to be a little too luxurious yeah and i mean that was my biggest issue right out the gate is what you know, it's 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 a very expensive thing to get into. So right out the gate, I remember I was wondering what do I spend a lot of money on, and what do I what can I get away with maybe going cheaper on? You know, as time goes on, I'll add better stuff. But yeah, it, it was very confusing in the beginning. So hopefully, we'll straighten some of that out. And we're actually sitting here with we just tore apart your pack that you already put together which mm -hmm. honestly you did pretty good on your first shot right out the gate so um so there's just a couple things you might change a couple things we might pull out of this pack that you won't need mm -hmm. but i'll kind of start from the beginning here and jump in if there's any questions on anything specific okay um i would say right out the gate if you start with your pack my opinion is that's I would say that's the first thing that you do not want to cheap out on. That's the best investment you'll make. And the advice I was given right out of the gate was because my first question was, oh, I don't know. Am I going to I might only do seven day hunts at the longest for my the first couple of years. And then later I might get into 10 days or longer. Mm -hmm. Well, I was told, you know, why? you're never going to go out in the field and go damn it I wish I didn't have this extra thousand cubic inches in my bag mm -hmm. you know if if right. you're not using that room it's, right you might as well still have and it. that's a that's a difficult thing to kind of judge when you've never been on a, a you know an extended day hunt is okay first is buying your pack to even put all your stuff in where do I start how do I judge mm. how much I'm going to need to put in that pack and I don't even know that. And then I got to figure out what size pack I'm going to get. And so it's kind of, you got to kind of be able to judge that before you even kind of get started with the whole putting yeah. stuff in it and buying equipment and stuff like that, you know. So you got to be able to, it's hard to judge what size pack you want to buy. Just yeah. 
at the very beginning. No, yeah, it's dude, it's it's a tricky deal. So I and not knowing for sure, I took advice from a few other people who I knew were doing backpack trips on the size of packs they had and then overshot it a little bit and I I went with a Kafaru pack. I had some money to spend on it and they're they're pricey. I I love the pack. It's I mean, I I use it for every hunt now, whether it's a day or two or or a week or two, whatever it is. Um, I I mean, I I love all the features of it, all the add-ons you can buy for it. All the clips and everything are super thick and heavy duty. Um, and I went with uh, a model they had that was more simple called the Argali, which is basically like a giant duffel on a pack frame or on its on a really tough sturdy frame that was sized kind of right for my build and body and like I called and I mean we even went over like what my build was like and essentially mm-hmm. ordered it for a guy like me who doesn't have an ass that's that's the other thing too, right <laughs> yeah that's the other thing too is you know you want your pack to sit on your back right and if you're buying these things online yeah. how are you you have really have to put the time into kind of measure yourself make sure everything's going to fit up to your body because you don't want to put a pack on that's oversized and you gotta you know you're hiking in 10 11 miles just to your campsite you know so you want to be able to get something that's comfortable that you can wear for days on end that fits to your body and forms your body and when you bend over it doesn't slide off your back and you know there's not a lot of extra wiggle room in there you want to kind of fit snug so it's kind of hard to judge what size or kind of you got to put the time in to kind of measure your body to make sure that pack fits right. You know? mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, you really got to do your research. And... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that the takeaway right right out the gate for people for packs, if you're just jumping into this, my biggest advice on that is just don't, what you just said, don't just go online and see, oh, this pack's got uh, 5,000 cubic inches, I'm going to order it, and mm-hmm. it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Well... Hey, maybe that frame it's not going to fit you maybe the pack's not going to fit you right maybe it's not going to be a comfortable setup so with that know you're going to have to spend some money go with companies that everybody's talking about that people have great reviews about um you got an awesome kuyu bag right here mm-hmm. um you know everyone talks about kafaru everyone talks about kuyu there's there's other places out there too just make sure you go with someone who has someone that you can contact and they'll walk you through it Mm -hmm. and if you can contact someone they'll tell you exactly based on your body what you need to buy right and i've learned too that everybody if you call them and you're just you know this is my first time this is what i got going on i'm going on this type of hunt this is kind of how i measure you know body body size and so on and so forth they they will be more than willing to help you out and kind of measure you out and yeah give you a rough idea of what you're looking for and something that's going to fit you right so they're very i mean i'm sure like you said there's plenty of other companies out there but i went with kuyu called the customer service they were more than helpful yeah they you know they put you on the line with somebody who's very very uh experienced in this field and you know that's you know how this whole brand started so they're very very knowledgeable and very informative about what you want and what you need and so, as a beginner myself, that would kind of be my first advice is if you have no idea what to what to what to do as far as a pack goes, just call make the call mm-hmm. have them help you out get expert advice yeah i mean i I had one issue with my kafaru uh, it wasn't even an issue it was I just didn't know how to adjust it properly after I got it, 
And I made a call and they FaceTimed me and walked me through how step-by-step how to readjust it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was great. So any company who's willing to do that and give you that customer service, Mm -hmm. ask around, look online, see what people are are getting into. And that's definitely the way to go. Mm -hmm. And then I guess everyone's main question too is size. Mm -hmm. As far as that goes, I can't necessarily tell somebody how many cubic inches they need. Everybody's definitely different. I mean... I, there's there's guys who are famous on hunters online and stuff who who go out with like a 2500 cubic inch bag something ridiculous and yeah. hunt for 10 days and they're just they like a tiny pack and but they they live a different way on the mountain than mm-hmm. other people do so, right you know if, you kind of got to ask yourself how you want to spend your for myself at least is how you want to spend your five days you know yeah. if, if you think you can get away with just roughing it as rough as it gets you can get away with i mean i feel like you can get away with a 2500 cubic inch pack but yeah you know if you want to be able to take a couple extra things and not live luxurious but you know be somewhat comfortable while you're out mm-hmm. there and make be able to make sure you get up the next day and have a and have a you know efficient hunt and you're at you know hunting at your best potential you know you got to kind of splurge on the yeah carry a little extra or carry some extra extra stuff just to make your stay a little bit better yeah i mean again it's not gonna hurt to have that extra room and it you know my longest that i was gonna do was 10 days and i had a little bit of extra room still and i have about ten thousand cubic inches in my pack so um so you can use that as a gauge i guess but again it, it also i guess i'll explain it too it was really easy to get 10,000 cubic inches on on my pack because, you know, the, the bag itself, uh, don't quote me on it, I want to say was around 7,000 for just the bag. It's like a duffel type of bag that, mm-hmm. that's on the frame. And I got two large side pocket add-ons, um, a guide lid as an add-on, and a bunch of other small pockets mm-hmm. on the belt, and I that put me up around ten thousand somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I what's cool about that, like with the Kafaru, there's I take like when I get to camp and and take my pack apart. Obviously, I'm not I'm not hunting with all those add-ons on it. Right. So I take them apart. I use one of them. I I I put one of my, some of my extra clothes and stuff it and use it as a pillow. Mm-hmm. You know, with yeah. a sleeping bag or one of them. I I I put all my food in there mm-hmm. so I can hang it in a tree mm-hmm. and keep it away from yeah. critters and bears or whatever. Yeah. So I want to talk about price too. Price <laughs> price deters a lot of people, but. I think the big thing about it is you just got to be able to make that, you got to make that leap if you want to have yeah. that comfortability and you can feel the quality of the bag that you have on your back. You can go to some little store and just buy some, just a bag that, that works for the weekend and that's what you want to use, that's great, but if you put on a decent bag that you had to pay a little bit more for, it's well worth being comfortable and having something sit right on your back and carrying that weight around constantly right and you can tell just by putting on one pack compared to another yeah oh yeah for sure i mean i i was blown away when i actually tried a pack that was actually built to fit me Mm -hmm. and um and like i said i when i called in and had to explain that i have the the 
typical white guy with no ass frame mm-hmm. kind of build and mm-hmm. hopefully all my squats will change that someday and <laughs> <laughs> I, I i've talked to people who have big asses too apparently it's very it's a lot more comfortable when your pack can rest on that i bet empty. must be nice yeah that's great mine just <laughs> slides down my back I yeah right i feel like i'm built like a frog <laughs> but <laughs> um but yeah i mean it, it you know that that changed the size of like that small pillow on the bottom mm-hmm. of the um uh of the pack and you mm-hmm. know and what rests on your lower yeah, back that little piece yeah made it super comfortable so yeah that don't let the price scare the hell out of you i guess that's mm-hmm. the takeaway with that and mm-hmm. go into this knowing that that's where you're gonna you're definitely gonna have to spend your money on and mm-hmm. just be prepared for it you know yeah. and, and it's worth every penny it's always worth it mm-hmm. I, I would recommend not to not to be the one who says, Oh, I'm gonna go with the cheaper one that's smaller because I might not I might not need that room for another couple years till I get to go on a longer trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. It it just it, it won't pay off I don't think in the end. No, I can't imagine it would. Um so next we can jump into your tent or shelter um Mm -hmm. and i say or shelter because a lot of guys uh use all kinds of different shelters teepees a lot of guys will just do tarps open ground um i i don't have the balls to do that (laughs) i'm still in a tent i like being completely enclosed i like when it's raining no water because any possible way of getting in and I don't want bugs on me mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> yeah, and I think I feel like I've heard from a couple other guys that the reason they go tarp and they just, you know, bare minimum is for the weight. But nowadays you can get, you know, you go to mm-hmm. any, you know, camping place or anything like that around whatever local town you're around and they have, you know, you can find a really nice tent, you know, yeah. three, four pounds and it doesn't really add a whole lot of weight to your pack and it's... You know, you get that enclosure oh, yeah. and you get all that, you know, extra comfort. Oh, it gets, it gets crazier than that. I, one of the, my buddies I hunted with, um, in Oregon this year had a, I believe his tent was one pound. Nice. And, Damn. and I'm sure, I'm sure, I believe it was like a five or $600 tent. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who made it or what. It was a, it was a badass setup mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, it, was, it, it just had a small area to sleep in that, um, you know, that was not a whole lot wider than your body. But, you mm-hmm. know, the tarp kind of hung over the side, too, to keep all your stuff dry outside. So Yeah. I mean, there's... the one I got that we're looking at right now is from REI. And it's a two-person tent. It was like 250 bucks. It's not all that bad. And it's a two-person tent, so you got extra room. You don't have to put anything outside. You can sleep comfortably with your bag in it. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, if... It kind of yeah. made sense to get a little bit wider if I was just still going to save the money. It saved a lot of weight compared to some of the other stuff I was looking at. Yeah. I mean, you can find pretty good deals and pretty good sized tent. And uh, you'd be surprised too. You might you might have. Um, well, for one, you you have a girlfriend who will go camping with you too, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you'll get use out of the two person regardless. Yeah. But you'll probably end up investing in a one person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I one. mean a pound. Yeah. That cuts yeah. off two pounds of what I got now. That's yeah. That plays a big difference in the end. <laughs> yeah, it does man. All those, those ounces, yeah. every ounce counts out there, man. Um, I, I was, 
given one from a buddy that's a single person. Uh, I believe it came from REI too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was actually surprised being that it was a single person. I still, when I went to bed, I got I got my pack and all my gear from my pack inside the tent with me too. And, and it actually worked out because, so I, I roll around a lot when I sleep. So I kind of need something that keeps me from doing that. Mm-hmm. So I had my pack and some stuff on both sides of me and it, Kind of kept kind you in the middle. Kind of restricted me, yeah. Nice. A mummy bag is kind of weird to get used to sleeping in. Yeah. So. Um, but also, the other thing I wanted to say with that, my buddy, um, Chris, that I hunted with in Oregon this year, too, used um, a hammock. And I believe he had a Kafaru tarp that went over that hammock. And I was a little sketchy on it at first. And really saw how it worked and... Uh, one day when it rained too, how dry everything stayed. He just had all his gear underneath him. Mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty badass setup. Hmm. Um, and it's and that covers your that covers your sleeping. That covers your tent. Well, I guess you still got to carry a sleeping bag. But yeah, and I mean you you still use a tarp. You still want something is that the one pound? Um, that again? No, no, that was so the other guy had a one pound tent. Oh, okay, it was uh, an Steven, tent. Yeah, he used oh, okay. a one pound tent, and Chris had had his hammock set up and yeah it was pretty awesome it's making me consider doing that for sure yeah. um just because one i think of how comfortable it has to be laying in a hammock yeah right like that you know especially if you don't have to worry about you know everybody loves laying in a hammock but no one you know yeah. laying a hammock out in the middle of the forest is a little sketchy but if i mean if you still have the protection and everything else you know you have enough room for all your stuff to go underneath everything stays safe why not? Yeah. No, they're kind of cool. So I think that's the next thing I'm going to look into. But, yeah, as of right now, I'm still digging the the tough tents that stay mm-hmm. good and waterproof. And yeah. That's uh, just my preference. But um, so um, – and then as far as price goes, that, I mean, there's not much to say about that. It, that's kind of, again, one of those things. If you know you're going with someone who uh, – a company that – is known for making good tents mm-hmm. and good equipment like that. You, you'll probably stay pretty safe. I mean, if you're just going to go to Walmart and get a single person tent, man. I have a good well, story about that. <laughs> Let's well, hear it. It's actually about a <laughs> sleeping bag, so we might might want to save it for that. Okay. <laughs> we'll be on that in we'll, a second. We'll transition into that here in a second. But yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tent, though, you can, you can find pretty good deals as far as price goes. Yeah. That gives you plenty of room. And I don't know, I'm, you know, I've never really looked into the Kafaru teepees or anything like that, but I mean, that sounds like a really good way to go. If, yeah. But if you're just looking for something that, you know, you're going on a packing trip, you just need something you can't spend a whole lot of money on, um, you can find something for 150 200 bucks. that's light, it'll get the job done. It comes with the rain fly, so you don't have to buy an extra rain fly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can make it happen with not a whole lot of funds which is good yeah you can definitely get yourself started and i mean to be honest i my first backpacking trip which was only a few days um here in cali i knew that i knew the weather was so i mean it it was like 90 degrees during the day and it never got below 60 at night and mm-hmm. i in that scenario i did just use a cheap walmart special single person tent but mm-hmm. i knew i wasn't going to be weathering any storms or anything like that right i mean i slept on top of my sleeping bag because mm-hmm. it was so hot yeah but 
once you once you know you're getting to more unpredictable places that's another thing that uh it's not it's more of an investment but it's not uh it's not too crazy right it's definitely not like a pack Mm -hmm. you know but it, it can get very expensive and when you do have the money for it you're Again, you're investing in something you're going to use for a very, very long time. Right. And I think that goes for a lot of the products that people put out nowadays. Is if, you, if you kind of put out that extra money and just go for the next step up from what you're thinking about buying, it's gonna it's a lifetime product. Yeah. It's just things that will last forever if, as long as you take care of them and make sure everything's stored properly and stuff like that. Obviously, if, you know, this is my first one, so don't know a whole lot about the preservation of all this stuff, but I yeah. feel, you know... A lot of yeah, companies I mean, that you can pick or they put out quality products that will last a very long time. So it's not like you got to buy these things every single year, which right. is a relief. Once you have it, you have it. You can just go out and hunt the next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so I mean, the next couple of things that are gold, and I mean, we're kind of starting off with your pack tent shelter mm-hmm. and your sleeping pads and stuff right now. So um, the next thing that's... I mean your your sleeping bag mm-hmm. is very important and your pad we'll kind of do those together. Mm-hmm. The sleeping um, bag. So, years ago <laughs> we were we would go up to the woods or wherever and we would just use a a cot. We would sleep in a cot and a sleeping bag and everybody had a super nice slumberjack sleeping bag with the canvas cover or whatever nobody could do on it. And I had two Walmart sleeping bags that I took with me. I was like, "Ah, this should be good." Got up there, froze about to death with two sleeping bags from Walmart, and I told myself I will never, ever, ever cheap out on sleeping bags again. Because when it's cold outside, <laughs> it is a lifesaver, and it makes you, and you can imagine you don't sleep at all through the night, and then you got to get up at, you know, 3, 4 in the morning and go hunt. It just makes the next day pretty bad. Yeah. So I told myself I would never go cheap on a sleeping bag again, <laughs> but... Yeah, the sleeping bag that I have now is, I think it's also from REI, but it's just, you know, 150 bucks, zero degree bag. Okay. I figured you go with the zero degree bag, you can stick a leg out, sleep on top of it if it's too you hot, but if it's, it, yeah. I always want to prepare for the cold, from the yeah. experience I've had before, is you, you might as well just plan for you the cold. You can sleep on top of high. it with some clothes on if you mm-hmm. have to. Try not to hit up here. It probably makes noise on the phone oh, okay. when you touch over here. But anyways, um, <laughs> so you did probably um, getting the zero-degree bag. You mm-hmm. did the same thing I did right out the gate. I was like, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit. I found um, I found one on sale. I think it was on REI. Um, and it was a zero-degree bag. Um, I think I paid like 130 bucks for it. And... It, it's a heavy son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think you got a better deal out of it. I'm looking at your bag right now, and you've got it rolled a lot tighter than I've ever had mine. Um, and it does seem lighter, so seems like you did really good for a zero-degree bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this... So I, I went through one season with it, and only... Um, Idaho was the only place where weather got cold enough where it was just perfect. Um Everywhere else I used it, it was way too damn hot. Mm-hmm. Sounds about <laughs> but right. But I again, I just zipped it open and slept on top of the damn yeah. thing, or left it wide open and used it like a blanket, mm-hmm. you know. And it it was fine. It got me through. And that's one of those things that you can um, 
Make sure, make sure it's more than you need the first time, and later on, I think I think it it's valuable to have more than one mm-hmm. because, I mean, they make bags for all different degrees for a reason, and right. you're not, um, you don't need a zero degree bag in August in D seven yeah. here in California when it's you almost don't never need a zero degree bag in D seven ever. No, honestly, no. And and Not when it never gets season. sixty below sixty at night, it's pretty much just a sweat yeah, fest. It's December, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I got this year for my um, for my Oregon trip, watching the weather closely. I got a second sleeping bag that I took for that instead, and it was I believe it was a. 30 degree or a 20 degree bag and it was perfect it worked out great what was the weather up there uh yeah it got uh it still didn't get very cold at night it rained one day and got a little chilly at night um so i'm i'm assuming it was never it it never probably got below the high 30s at night i would guess Mm -hmm. maybe it did and i just didn't notice Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it was it was pretty great, and so uh, the biggest thing is getting that bag cut another cut another damn pound off of my off of my last pack. So mm-hmm. it was pretty great. Nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and it made a lot of room in the pack too. So so you can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess. Um, I'm roughly looking at the order here too that I kind of pack some of my stuff in and my sleeping bag is always at the bottom of the pack Mm -hmm. Um, and the next thing I always keep on top of that sleeping bag is um, my puffy jacket so we'll go into clothes right now yeah so for me packing clothes is mainly I have I have my set that I know I'm going to wear in, mm-hmm. whatever the scenario is. Um, and then I have the puffy jacket at the bottom of my pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have rain gear in my pack. You have you wear your camo in or you're wearing just... You wear I, the camo that you're going to hunt in? I in? wear, yeah. I wear what I'm going to hunt in in. Um, so... I I've never I've never had a scenario where I've had to wear a puffy jacket in. I'm sure it happens. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's cases where it's to yeah. ten degrees. We do live in California, people, so yeah, I mean, we don't get that very often. Yeah. Most time I hunt here in state, I don't even use thermals anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh out of state I'll use them in certain scenarios. I didn't use them in Oregon this year. Um if you're someone that's not worried about the extra weight, bring them. If you have them just in case, awesome. Yeah. You know? like Just like the sleeping bag. You get cold and you're not prepared, it gets miserable. Yeah. Yeah, I think most people would agree that uh, being cold sucks a lot more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So if you have to lug some extra weight to stay warm, then do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Um, so I typically... Yeah. And I can't even tell anyone a specific clothing setup to go with either. I mean, again, there's a lot of expensive stuff to invest in. And I've actually, my my last few seasons have mainly, I've been got, I've got through those seasons with a lot of hand-me-down stuff 
and of very few brand new things. Mm-hmm. So like my lifesaver setup right now, and I th- I'd say the the coldest scenario I got in was probably in the high 20s at certain times, either during while we were hiking or sitting during our hunt. Um, so my worst scenario as far as cold goes was I would wear um, I would wear thermal pants and shirt underneath mm-hmm. you know long sleeve like long underwear essentially mm-hmm. um i've been using the prana the pants that prana has um which they're not a hunting company so hopefully i'll switch that up soon and just be <laughs> Whatever the right works. thing and invest but um you know they may they have some really good like waterproof weatherproof stuff and i love the pant they have is pretty light but it's very weatherproof um and if it's super cold i wear a thermal under it and it, it's just perfect if not it if it's hot it, it'll keep you cool too what's the name of that company prana, prana. so it's P-R? p-r-a-n-a okay yeah and then I bought one thing from them, and then I get a catalog like every four days in the mail mm-hmm. of Sounds all their right. hippie shit that mm-hmm. they try to sell me. But hippie shit. <laughs> yeah, I just a catalog full of flannel and fleece and yeah, Dude. but whatever. <laughs> hey, whatever works. So, I'll I'll man up here. Yeah. And See, so I've got stuff. I've got Kuyu gear, and it's very light. So I'm planning on wearing that in, and then I mean I think a. One one question for me would be, what do you want to bring as far as like outerwear for when you're in camp? Do you want to bring extra? Do you just stay in camo all day long, just have something to sleep in, or do you have something that you bring to kind of like, you know, you spend the afternoon, you know, fishing and eat some food yeah. or whatever? Do you want to bring some extra clothes? To, but I mean, just like a big concern for everything else is. Do you want to bring that extra weight, or do you just want to use what you're what you walking in? Yeah, and that's why um, I just uh, I just talked to um, Alex, our mm-hmm. buddy, who you're going on this trip with, mm-hmm. and he was telling me he's bringing. He was asking about bringing socks, and he's like, "I'm bringing four pairs of socks." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "He's like, how 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 many pairs do you wear? How often do you change it?" Uh, I have one pair I wear in. And I have an extra pair that either halfway through the trip I'll switch to, mm-hmm. or I'll um, I'll keep them in case I I get the one pair wet and want to have a dry pair. Yeah, or you gotta have it. I feel like you gotta have an extra pair. That's kind of my um, mentality of it is at least one extra pair. At least one. I mean, I it, you guys know it's nice to have like clean underwear and socks at least to yeah, switch in <laughs> the main thing when you're when you're doing this is uh baby wipe baths are the best thing you could possibly do uh, okay so bring some baby wipes okay that's actually a really good idea i didn't even think about that clean up yeah <laughs> that's yeah. like one of the my favorite things to do before i go to bed at night when i'm hunting because it's it's yeah pretty refreshing and it helps you get to sleep <laughs> yeah you feel like you got um, 10 pounds of shit you on you. yeah you don't go to bed feeling sticky and mm-hmm. nasty a lot of people are worried about getting sweaty and stinky and the smell and the animals smelling you and well you know you got to play the wind mm-hmm. you're and i don't see a scenario where you just i don't worry too much about the clothes getting sweaty and and any kind of scent going on 
I mean, obviously, I'm not going to wear cologne or whatever. I, I right. scent killer all my clothes and mm-hmm. try to keep them, keep any yeah. smell off them. But, um, you know, you're 20 minutes into your first hike. You're going to be sweating your mm-hmm. ass off. So that's something you can't avoid. So my thought is if you invest in the good enough clothes, um, you won't necessarily, you won't need an extra of everything. Right. Now, if if you're nervous, and I did it my first time out too, I bought brought way too much extra shit, and I suffered carrying an extra probably ten pounds of weight that I didn't need, mm-hmm. and I thought I felt like it was a payoff, and it wasn't. And I found out later I I I learned how to cut a lot of stuff out of my pack. Right. So, I, so I guess I'll just jump back into what what I wear, and it'll kind of answer your question. Um. Thermals are one of the things I'll switch out if I don't think I need them. If there's a possibility and I and it's going to be too warm for me to wear in, I'll have them in the pack because mm-hmm. they're light. Um, and then other than that, I have just the pant. I have the pair of socks that I wear in. I go with merino wool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you buy with merino, um, if anybody's heard anything about it, everybody knows that it's the best part about merino is that it gets wet and it stays warm. So if you like I've I've trekked through rivers mm-hmm. in in my boots, no gaiters, nothing like that and got my my whole foot soaking wet, mm-hmm. the stop the socks still kept my foot warm because that's mm-hmm. what that material does. Hmm. Um so I I is have it just a sock company? No, no. So merino is the the type of wool. So, oh, like, okay. I use Under Armour socks. Under Armour has a lot of products that are made out of Merino gotcha. wool. Gotcha, I thought Merino was Kuyu, a brand. No, no, yeah. Merino is the type of wool that it's made out of. So, Kuyu, gotcha. I'm pretty sure Kuyu used Merino wool on most of their stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big thing about it, is that it it you can be soaking wet, and all, the, all that gear can be wet, but you'll stay warm. And that's the lifesaver yeah. with it. And, and even you got a warm enough sleeping bag you go back to camp that night you put all that stuff at the bottom of your bag and like a convection oven you'll dry it all out Hmm. that was i got that from my hunting partner chris Hmm. you know and it worked worked like a charm right i took the wet pair of socks i had and my soaking wet boots shoved them in the bottom of my pat my uh sleeping bag and the next day they were all dry wow so but i'll have good that's a good little piece of information to know just in case you uh ever get into something yeah. Yeah. Um, I never knew that. Yeah. So I mean, you want to avoid cotton as much as you can. I always have a cotton shirt, and sometimes I'll bring a spare. I usually I usually have an extra cotton t-shirt, and that's just that's like a middle layer, or that's just a layer I wear if I'm hiking around and it's hot. But even that, if you can get like a merino t-shirt or, or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, Cotton starts. To so, how much you paying for merino? You pay. Are you, is it uh, one of those are, things? They're pricier. Are, okay. They're they're definitely pricier yeah. for sure. Um, I couldn't even give you an exact price, but no, yeah, but um, I mean, it's just like everything else. You pay for what you get. Yeah. So as far, yeah, I mean, as as far as the jacket and other gear go, I look for blends that don't have cotton in it. You know, if you've got like that polyester and all and the other blends. Um. You know they're going to be more waterproof, mm-hmm. and um, 
typically they'll be more comfortable. You yeah. know, I I avoid cotton for underwear too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, and I'll I'll do an extra pair with that. And again, if you feel the need to have a new pair every day, well, it is what it is. But you're gonna sweat your ass off in that new pair every day. Yeah. So it's just it is it's what it is. Extra weight that. Um, I will say this, even though I was just saying uh, Alex wants to bring was telling me he was going to bring four pair of socks and I told him you don't really need it and he's going to cut it out. He can bring four pair of socks yeah. because Alex is a giant of a human yeah. being. Yeah. Alex, Alex is a freaking monster. <laughs> so a little backstory can... on Alex. The only reason he got a satellite phone was so that in case he got hurt, I, he knew I wasn't going to be able to carry him out. So he got a satellite phone to make sure he was going to be safe. Yeah. We if, weren't worried about me getting out. If, if you got hurt, Alex shoulder. can throw you on his shoulders He'll with his pack stuff on. Stuff me in his pack and just cinch it down. And a few liters of water <laughs> so you can drink while he carries you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, anyways, it's it's the layers. Doing a, a good layer system. Um, so, after... Um, um, so, I'll have those pants. I'll have... I typically will have a I'll do like the Under Armour tight fitting shirt mm-hmm. like they they always have you right. know it's great for sweating in it's their active wear like all the athletes use yeah as an undershirt um, and then um, typically a cotton t shirt or something um, what else and then I have a mid layer an Under Armour like a lighter sweater I guess you'd call it or it's like a very light jacket mm-hmm. um like no hood on it or nothing just yeah. like a sweater with a collar and that's all merino that thing that's my lifesaver because if it's if it's too cold to not have that on i'll put it on and if we're just standing around i'll be just a little chilly mm-hmm. as soon as we start hiking i warm right up and even though it's hot i won't have to shed that layer because you sweat in it a little bit and it'll keep you cool mm-hmm. too. So it keeps you warm and it keeps you cool. They're nice. they're pretty awesome like that. Hmm. Um and then from there the only time I'll pull that puffy jacket out is if I if that's my rain jacket, if that's the only rain jacket I need or whatever or um, cuz typically my puffy jacket is weatherproof too. Right. Or if it starts snowing or something and it's mm-hmm. just ridiculously cold, yeah. I'll hike with that on. But otherwise, yeah. that only comes out when I'm sitting. Yeah. If but I stop. I want to touch on rain gear real quick. Uh-huh. The frog tog stuff that I got. Yeah. Bought on Amazon for 20 bucks. It comes in a pretty compact little, you know, you see it right there, that yeah. little compact little bag. You throw, it just fits into a side pocket. It's really nice to have. You just throw it over the top, you know. I mean, if you're yeah. you you I went all out on the Kuyu gear, so I have right, a couple right. layers of Kuyu, and then I have the, the shell that's yeah. rainproof or whatever, but the frog talk stuff was so, it was hard to pass up, because it was so cheap, it was something that you could throw over everything, and it's not going to, you know, none of your camo or anything like that's going to get wet, you don't have to worry about anything getting wet, so, yeah, it's just, it's cheap, it's easy to pack, you might as well just get it. Yeah, so it's and I, um, I mean, the rain gear's pretty easy to come by. Right, I, I have a... I have a black, like, Columbia rain jacket that, that thing even, it's very light, but it's also super warm. Like, I'll snowboard in that jacket, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it keeps you pretty warm. 
And that one, I just roll that jacket into itself into the hood. I roll it up super tight. I shove it in the pack with mm-hmm. my puffy jacket somewhere in there. Yeah. And then um, a, a very similar material rain pant. Because, mm-hmm. again, they're all pretty light. And, you know, you get that material that's like rain gear. Um, you can't really go wrong with it. All it does is mm-hmm. the water rolls off and keeps you dry. So. Yeah. Um, so I think we're pretty good on clothes. Let's. I want to touch back on when we did the sleeping bag. We I wanted to talk about the sleeping pad too oh, okay. because I feel like that's kind of a yeah yeah that's we, a comfort thing. But that, I mean yeah. now that like you know the technology is so great nowadays, you can have a tiny little tiny little bag and it's uh-huh. folds up. I got one at Sports in the Warehouse in Fresno and it was just you know. 10 breaths of air it's pumped up it packs up real tight and it's one of those things that just makes you comfortable and it just makes it easier and it's it's not a big burden to carry so i think what do you do you carry a sleeping pad with you yes yeah so So what was uh, that one what did we figure out that one was two and a half inches or something yeah so that was a two and a half inch pad and it the pad comes down to how how much of a plushy kind of pad do you want to sleep Mm -hmm. on how thick do you want it obviously the thicker it is is the more comfortable um that is a climate climate okay so climate static v yeah it's perfect i mean they're 18 ounces the pads are typically ribbed like that and they blow up pretty quick um i bought a, a good one this year i borrowed one last year uh, and it worked pretty great on my first trip i i literally went like like the rollout piece of foam mm-hmm. that was just if it was if if it was mine mm-hmm. and I hadn't borrowed it from someone, I would have thrown it in the goddamn lake and <laughs> left it there because it was such an it was so pointless. It did absolutely nothing. I felt every pebble on the ground. I should have cleaned underneath my tent way better. Yeah, but like These are air. yeah, it was. Uh, oh, the the one I had, yeah, it was just it was just a a roll of foam, like yeah. a. a quarter inch thick and it just rolled up tight and i stuck it on the bottom yeah, it was of my pack somewhere yeah it seemed yeah. like and i was like oh yeah i can sleep on that and mm-hmm. then i got out there i'm like oh i'm sleeping on the ground yeah. i'm not i'm not sleeping on anything this yeah. isn't so, comfortable at all sleeping pad not very expensive very easy to pack very yeah. easy to blow up it's not something that's a very big burden in your backpacking trip I say go for it. We'll find out how much. Maybe I'll spend the night on the ground and then spend the rest of the nights on the sleeping pad and let you know how both of them are. But and that's kind of sticking with sleeping pad for right now. And that's that's what's golden for you. So that's your thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's it, going back to like what we were saying. What what do you spend the money on? What do you really get into? And when I when I'm saying, if you go out before you buy a pack. And you spend 150 bucks on a sleeping pad. Well, you could have cheaped out on a sleeping pad that might not have been as good, but it would have got you through. Mm-hmm. You were going to do... I mean, most of these times when you're backpack hunting, you're hiking so hard all day anyways. Mm-hmm. Usually you come back and you are ready to pass the hell out. Yeah. You're not staying up. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what happened with me. I had a crap pad um my first trip ever but, but we we put in so much work that we ate dinner i got a full stomach and i laid down and i was out mm-hmm. even though i was out on rocks yeah <laughs> and i felt every one of them yeah. um but that you think of it like that, that if that's what you spent your money on well that was an extra 130 
30 bucks you could have put into the pack because mm-hmm. again that's something that you'll struggle way more on your trip with a bad pack yeah than you will with a bad sleeping pad right i mean unless you have some major back problems or something if that's yeah. the case get a hammock yeah <laughs> you see a doctor get something yeah. prescribed to you they probably got something pretty awesome for you yeah oh yeah um so we kind of went over the clothes pretty good um about then, boots? How about boots? I, I, okay. I've just been hunting. For, or, I mean, we could just go over it real quick, but I've been kind of looking around for boots. And, I mean, I just ended up going to the local boots, Boot Barn, uh-huh. out on Shaw. And I just got a pair of Justins. They're just ankle, or, like, they go up the ankle quite a ways. They're lace-ups. They're very good ankle support, which I figured if you're going on a halfway yeah. decent hike, it's more than worth having that. Um but what is your opinion on boots? Do you go for do you go for weight or do you go for durability? Because I feel like unless you're going to spend five hundred dollars on boots, you're either going to get weight or durability. You're not. I mean, if you're spending a hundred bucks, I've seen you know Under Armour boots for a hundred bucks, and I've never personally used them. But I could have just. I would assume that if you would like anything else, like we've been talking about this whole time, if you're going to spend the extra money, you're yeah. going to get a boot that's going to last you a lot longer than if you spend. 100 bucks on you know a cheaper boot from a you know a certain brand or whatever but yeah and uh go ahead and lean in a little closer to yeah, okay. okay so you don't get too far away i it's actually funny you bring that up <laughs> so this year in oregon um one of the scenarios we got into um i have been using i, I i've been using a hand-me-down boot or well mm-hmm. a boot that someone gave me that they used like once and um and upgraded right away Mm -hmm. it was a good boot and i used the hell out of it Mm -hmm. and um it was light it was uh pretty decently waterproof i mean i guess i can't say it was too light but the it was uh it it kept water out pretty good Mm -hmm. it did its job well i'm on the middle of the mountain in oregon and the sole fell apart nice I'm like, oh, that's crap. what you want right there. <laughs> exactly right. So <laughs> let me tell you all about boots, Sam. Let me give you great advice yeah, on boots right? to buy. So, so my advice ahead. is have some super glue and duct tape because mm-hmm. that's what I did. <laughs> or just buy a halfway decent pair of boots. <laughs> and, and and I and what I actually did is we um, we had so we finished off what was going on that day, which. Um, I'm going to do a podcast with those guys later and we're going to talk about what happened on that hunt and we ended up um looking for an elk um that was shot and we were blood trailing this elk for like 14 hours Mm -hmm. so that was when my boot came apart um and we were ready to head back to camp at the end of that day and we were back on a trail and we decided at the split of the trail to go back to the trucks, run into town, stay a night in town and regroup and come back first thing in the morning. This is Oregon? Right. Yeah, in Oregon. Because we still had we still had quite a few days to hunt out for that. Um and we did that and that allowed me I we went back, I went to Walmart and grabbed the first pair of 
what they have labeled as hunting boots on there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're and, top notch. Yeah, I went back out at it, and it got me through the rest of the trip. Um, I was they waiting were for a different outcome. I thought they were going to blow apart again. <laughs> no, they were great for the, for the next three days. Um, so, needless to say, since then, I've been geeking out online, looking at all kinds of boots. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've heard so many reviews about uh, Crispy mm-hmm. that I've really been liking what I see online with mm-hmm. that company. So... Um, there's not a whole lot I can get into with that. Mm-hmm. I just say I I like everything I'm reading about them. Mm-hmm. They are they are pricey, um, but they cover both those aspects. I I go for like a mid ankle kind of not super mm-hmm. high or anything, but I want ankle support because you- I don't want to roll an ankle out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the kind of guy who probably tends to do that. I don't have fat ankles so Mm -hmm. um and then uh they're they're pretty light too so Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of the best of both worlds they're light and from all the reviews i've seen they're super tough so are are you the type of person to buy boots online or are you the type of person that has to try something on because i'm the type of person that has to try something on but i mean fresno has a pretty good pretty good uh we got a wide variety of we gotta, places yeah, to go. Yeah, we have a wide variety of places to go. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a pretty good selection as far as boots go. Yeah. But, I mean, for people who are... Who are... Who can't just look at a boot online, who've had bad experiences with the boots, I feel like that comes up a lot. Yeah. you know, you buy a pair of boots online, you get them, they're a size too big, and your hunt's coming up in two days, and you're just like, shit, what am I going to do now, you know? So yeah. I would, because I've looked at all kinds of boots online, read the reviews, and did a lot of other research, and I was just like, no matter what you do or what you see online, everybody's foot is different. So it's you're gonna end up buying a boot that you're just going off somebody else's opinion on, and what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so what? You know, what? What is the easiest route to go? Well, I guess that's the right word, but I mean it's. That's something, uh, when you come to a boot, it is very important because that is, your feet are something that can mess up the whole trip for you. Right. So that's something that I would say, if if that's what you're comfortable with right now, you need to try it on. And if you try something on and know this is going to be comfortable to hunt mm-hmm. in, then do it that way. Right. I'm, I'm, I've always been like that, but I'm ready to order something online without trying it just because of the crazy good reviews I've seen on it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's, there's so many options out there too online where mm-hmm. they'll like take specs of your foot and yeah. make it to fit you. So, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, for me, like just starting out, I just went to Boot Barn, yeah. put on a pair of Justins, they're leather boots, I knew they were going to hold up, they're waterproof, they're halfway decent price, they're nice boots, they've got a good, you know, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. So they, uh, uh, so I went with those and I've, you know, I've been wearing them around, breaking them in and stuff, but they, they're already comfortable, I'm already, they're Perfect. already broken, they're, they feel good, I mean we can get into carrying blister patches too how often do you get blisters even in a broken boot i i don't oh okay that's the crazy thing see i went to walmart and i bought blister (laughs) patches i was like i know i'm gonna walk around for days on end and i'm gonna need something yeah but i mean that's that's me i mean 
we we were over 40 miles for the week in Oregon on foot and mm-hmm. I never had a single blister and yeah. even with cheap boots for 3 days yeah um that and and they weren't even broken in I I felt the difference on my feet mm-hmm. I I had sore ankles but yeah other than that I'm I don't have too bad of luck with my feet mm-hmm. um the other one of my other buddies we were hunting with Chris he he had he was taping his his heels and feet on day two. You know, it's I it's mm-hmm. that's one of those. That's things one of the things I think you're going to take it just in case. Yeah. Even just a little blister pack, something that you can throw on mm-hmm. your foot, something easy, small you can throw it in a Ziploc bag with all your other like all that stuff I got over there. It's just yeah. Well, and that's something that um um that can be in a emergency kit. Mm-hmm. Um, that is some kind of tape that you put around your wherever yeah. you're going to get a blister or something. Mm-hmm. It's something easy to carry. You, yeah, you just need to have with you anyways. And like I yeah. said, I had I had in one of my kits, I, I had some super glue. And luckily, Chris had some duct tape. Mm-hmm. And I got that shoe put back, or that boot put back together and got off the mountain. So yeah. It worked, worked out. out. Yeah. Um, so, um, and also with with clothes something i keep uh i keep i keep a light pair of gloves mm-hmm. and a, a a beanie or yeah. something yeah that's what i was looking at today it was a beanie yeah car, if, you can get a good carhartt beanie at big five or wherever else for 10 bucks and they yeah. last forever and they're comfortable and they're, they're really warm i have a i have a carhartt one that i like that actually has a face mask built into it too oh, okay. i used it in idaho when we would stop mm-hmm. and sit i'd get cold or, you know mm-hmm. face get cold it was kind of cool it yeah while you're sitting in glassing or something so that's um uh, that's something that i'll usually bring to unless i know it's going to be hot um i'll always have that in the pack too mm-hmm. um and and again um when you layer up before you start hiking, I mean, the best thing to do that I was taught was, you know, get yourself just to the point before you start hiking to where you're just a little bit cold, mm-hmm. just standing there. You're just a little chilly because as soon as you start within five minutes, you're going to be hot and you're going to be wanting to shed layers. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a little chilly, you'll be at the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the dog's trying to get in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's see. We're probably not going to be in too particular an order with this. So, I'll just go no, just over some around. more stuff. Some was, yeah, list. I mean, some of the stuff's pretty um, self-explanatory. Uh, you're going to want kind of a kill kit together. And that's going to be in your pack every day when you hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're going to want your game bags. Mm-hmm. You're going to want your, your knives. Game bags are easy. Go to any yeah. of your local hunting shops. I've noticed that... Every, yeah. everybody carries game bags they're super easy super light super cheap um and i had um i have some game bags that i filled up with a mule deer that i realized wouldn't be enough for an elk and i thought it would mm-hmm. um and to be honest i'll i always take i always take a couple of like large like 50 mm-hmm. gallon trash bags mm-hmm. just like two of them and fold them up tight somewhere uh i i use you typically use one to as a, a layer around my food when I put it in a bag and hang it in a tree mm-hmm. just to try to keep some of the smell away so mm-hmm. it doesn't attract bears or anything. Yeah. Go and on, then I mean the other ju- one can be an emergency um game bag. Yeah. In a pinch. Mm-hmm. You know. Um buddy of mine hunted X eight this weekend we were talking about and he shot a buck 
and he has the Kuyu bags, the game bags, and he said they're a little more expensive, but I don't have them, but I just have the regular, you know, yeah. generic game bag, but he said it fit his entire deer in one bag, and you just awesome. take the whole thing and throw it, I mean, one bag you gotta carry, to, I mean, depending on the size, but yeah, you would assume it's not a whole lot bigger than what he shot, and it's super simple, you carry one bag, it fits the whole deer, and if you want to spend the extra money, Kuyu has it. I mean, like I said, I don't have those. I just got the regular basic ones, which I'm sure yeah. is going to do fine. It just keep keep the meat bees off and make sure everything stays that's, contained. That's which, yeah, but so for those I, who want to splurge the Kuyu ones, I've heard good things about. And I I went on. I ordered a a kit for or a, a set of bags from um, the the reusable bags from uh, Black Ovis. Oh yeah, they they're pretty awesome. That's where I got my that chest harness. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they got a lot of awesome stuff, and those bags were cool. They they, they were soaked blood red after I used them, mm-hmm. and I threw them in the washer at home, and they, they came out perfectly white. Nice. It was I'm sure your crazy. wife loved that. I didn't tell her about it, so <laughs> great. Thanks for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was in our new washer, too. Right? Nice. She has no idea she washed her clothes in that. That's all right. Wonderful. Um, nice piece of meat in the lip filter. <laughs> there's probably some in there for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with the kill kit, um, so you got your bags. Uh, I, don't, I don't do anything extra. I don't really – I don't have a little tarp to lay it on. I don't have any of that stuff because we'll do, like, the gutless quartering, which I'll try and do a podcast or something about that mm-hmm. later. And essentially, if you do that the right way – you're never laying anything on the ground. You're you're, the, you're kind of rolling the animal over on its, you know, mm-hmm. on itself. So you never really need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't do gloves for that. I don't go crazy with that. Again, I just take my time and I'm careful. Yeah, for I, those who do though, that's simple to carry. Just so yeah. you can throw in that Ziploc bag with your other miscellaneous crap, you know. Yeah, I mean, my thought though, like, is thin little surgical gloves or whatever. It, if I cut myself, I'm gonna cut through those gloves. So yeah, I think it's for more. <laughs> those than... knives, if you got a good knife, it's sharp as hell. I use I'll use a Outdoor Edge, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I think their ver- they have their version of what the Havilon knife is like. Yeah, that's what I've got is the ha- Havilon yeah. knife with the replaceable blades. I always like having that hook on a blade. So once you, I like making that's that first cut and running it like a zipper. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's what that. Yeah. Avalon knife is missing, but I mean, I've never used that hook on the knife, but it seems like it'd be a lot easier than running your fingers down it and yeah. trying to carry the knife across without cutting any vitals and all that other stuff. But yeah, never use the hook, but I want to. And I'll, I'll have a second one too. That might be a, it's like a smaller blade. It's a little bulkier. It's just a single blade. It's not replaceable. Um, and my whole point with that is uh, I have, I try to use one knife that's cutting through fur and one knife for meat, and mm-hmm. just to keep them separate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not getting hair on the meat or anything else. Yeah. Have you ever seen those raptor, what are they called? Or, I forget what they're called, but they look like a, a talon, like a yes. giant talon. they got like a handle I, on them, and yeah. you just rip through it. I've seen those. I've always wanted to get them, never had them, though. They're I crazy never, looking. I, yeah, those no. guys are cleaning animals out and like, a Yeah, minute. you just stick it in and rip <laughs> straight through, and it's done. It's just like, damn, that's what I need right there. I, I mean, I yeah, it was... Um, I think back watching you clean the pig the first time when we did that pig mm-hmm. hunt, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. 
Um, but so something with the kill kit that I think is solid gold. Um, that uh, shout out to Chris Oswald, my hunting partner, that I was taught by him. He has a little cleanup kit that he'll keep, just like some kind of disinfectant wipes, some uh, disinfectant gel for your hands to wash your hands real quick. Um, and that's that's for if you act like if you're hunting in the rut and you accidentally touch that gland on the back of the leg, mm-hmm. which he actually did twice. So it yeah. worked out perfect having that kit. Go over that a little bit. So I've heard a little bit about it. But so I yeah, you just thing. just like I said, you have some really good antibacterial disinfectant kind of stuff. Okay, sorry. So our podcast cut out for a second there, um, but we got the recording going again. So what I was saying is um, it's essentially a small kit with some stuff to disinfectants like uh, wipes and whatnot. And essentially if you touch those glands on the leg of the animal, um, you just, you take, we would just stop. We'd take our knives. We'd take um, anything that might have touched it. Just stop, clean it all off and start over again so you don't take that chance on ruining meat that you just worked your ass off to get to i gotcha so um that's just a very light quick little thing you can Mm -hmm. have in there with it um so let's see so from that um i think what got cut out in our when we just our recording just messed up we were talking about um an emergency kit and um, it's pretty simple. We don't have to go too much into that. Mm-hmm. You go to what your comfort level is with that. Sam got a kit here at Walmart that's got everything you need in it. It's got burn cream. It's got your your ice pack, emergency blanket. We were just talking about it a little while ago. You might be able to cut some things out, but yeah, know what you're looking for. If you need anything extra, anything special, make sure it's in there. Make sure you always have it with you. It's just... You can buy a simple pack that has everything put together for you. It's super easy. It's yeah, super compact, very easy to carry. And yeah, they're light. And if you're someone, and again, it's your first trip. If you're worried about something that could go wrong, it those extra ounces are in your head. You're gonna feel better about having it. So just roll with it. But yeah, there's. I mean, there's guys out there who just do some tape and some gauze and some simple stuff. And some glue in case they cut themselves. They'll just glue it together, and mm-hmm. you know. So, they eh, teach their own on that. Um, um, what else? Um, something I kind of put on my list here. Depends if, if you're bow hunting or not. I'll have a little archery emergency kit, and that's, for me, that's some extra string serving, an extra D-loop, something to tie in the peep if that flies out. Allen wrenches. Uh, so, yeah, just a small little Mm -hmm. allen set um and glue that's pretty much it just something i can fix something in the field if it goes wrong extra broadheads um yeah yeah typically um i you could probably i mean that it depends on the broadhead like yeah i have one arrows already right i think carrying five you think five arrows is plenty uh, yeah i mean i yeah i carry six Mm -hmm. so i i won't need broadheads typically if i wanted to the ones i've been using i have replaceable blades on them so i could just have a package of the blades and be fine you know um so that's just something to think about if you're bow hunting 
if you know how to do that stuff, you don't want to, you definitely don't want your trip to get cut short because you broke a D loop and you don't know how to tie one on. I mean, the same goes for rifles too. I mean, make sure you have everything you need for. Yeah, exactly. If you need, uh, yeah, I noticed you had a small little, a a little tool that's got tiny little tool that's got a screwdriver on it and Mm -hmm. whatnot. That literally weighs almost nothing. It's like and a little Swiss Army knife. But yeah. It's a little kind if of your scope and, fell off or something, yeah. well, you can screw it back on and mm-hmm. take a shot at a log and, you know, mm-hmm. just make sure everything's all good. Um, uh, real quick, too, I'm going to touch on trekking poles. Um, a lot of people have asked me about it. I've been talking to Alex about that a lot, too. Um, I think they're solid gold. They're They're pretty light. Uh, I always have them strapped to the outside of my pack. You get multiple uses out of them. You can use them to hold a rifle as like a bipod if you need to make them one. Uh, I When I'm sitting there glassing, I shorten it up and I use it to hold up my binoculars. Yeah, and I mean, um, trekking poles I've noticed can go in a wide variety of pricing. And you were talking about yeah, Costco is just, yeah. just a local I I used... Yeah, what they were like twenty bucks. Yeah, there's they're pretty cheap. Uh, maybe maybe closer to forty, mm-hmm. I think, for the for the set. There's some places that sell one pole at a time for fifty bucks a piece. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, honestly, um, if you're putting so much weight on it that it snaps, or you're doing something wrong, most mm-hmm. likely. But uh, essentially, they, it slides into itself. So as long as it's something that you can tighten up the locks, the the latches that lock on them, if you can take a screwdriver and tighten those up good enough so when you push your weight down on them, they don't collapse into itself, Mm -hmm. you're you're good to go. You know, um, most of them will have a rubber tip that you can pull off on the end, Mm -hmm. and they'll have kind of a metal point on there. So in different terrains, that's kind of cool too. Um, I think the set I borrowed my first few times was that from Costco, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I imagine if you spend 50 bucks or more on a set, they're probably going to be really good. And I'm going no trekking forever. poles. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you know how it goes. Well, I'm going again, no trekking poles. But i got to learn. The you've hard also way. got Alex. Alex can be your trekking poles. That I'll guy. just sit on his pack. <laughs> Alex will pack your entire deer out in one shot, and you'll be good. These tiny yeah. little bucks we have yeah. here aren't going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, but I'm you going... and him are going to, and that's the other thing. If you guys split the weight and you're together, yeah. you're going to take that animal out in one trip, right. easy. Yeah, and it's you're going to have like yeah. thirty pounds or forty pounds each of meat at the most. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, that'd be a about big right. animal. But yeah, I'm going no trekking poles, but we'll see how it goes. I might be investing in them. You'll sure, yeah, you'll talk it's, about that. dude. It's four wheel drive. Yeah, You're, it really it's is. It's like walking with four-wheel drive. Yeah, it's just that extra shit you got to carry. And Yeah, and here's where here's where I think you're going to re- wish you had them is hiking in. Where the, you guys are doing <laughs> – your pack in with your camp is nine miles. It's a mile in elevation. That is insane. That's going to be – Well, it's close it's gonna to be a mile. test. It's like it's about 4,500 yeah. in elevation. So it's close, but it's not – I mean, we're – even with light packs, you're you're gonna. I think you're gonna wish you had trekking poles. At least you are for sure. 
Let's let's well, let's remember Alex used to be like a hotshot firefighter, so <laughs> my pack might weigh more than I do. It might be a little. Damn bit. it! Go to Costco, Sam, and get yeah, some trucking right? Walmart has some. At least get we, some from there. <laughs> no, see, this is going back, and we don't want to stick it in the ground and have it drop to the bottom. Well, here, if if it breaks, then you you leave it on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's chuck, better than not having it chucking at a deer or something <laughs> yeah no you might want to grab some with um <laughs> my thing is like at idaho when i we had probably closer to 50 pounds of camp on our back mm-hmm. going in and our first 200 yards was just a gnarly uphill mm-hmm. and I was dying at the top of it by the time I got up there and I was so glad I had the trekking poles because you stop for a second to catch your breath and you can kind of lean onto them on your chest mm-hmm. and take some of that weight yeah. off of your body that's true it's great yeah um, that does sound pretty nice they yeah they help a lot and you know it's um when I got my deer with uh my rifle I um I put one trekking pole back on the pack and you kind of used the rifle held the rifle and kind of used it as one and used mm-hmm. a pole as another one and that was a lot of that was a heavy pack out you know on that we we were probably each close to 80 pounds on our pack and we had it was straight uphill back to the truck okay. um but yeah i think trekking poles are lifesavers they don't okay. weigh much and having them is awesome well worth it yep definitely um Talk about food. Food, man. Um, Should we get into your cooking system first, and then we'll dive into what you want to carry as far as food? um, Or do you want to go backwards? Let's jump right into the food. All right. Um, So we talked about this quite a bit. Mountain House. Yes. Mountain House Meals comes with a downfall as well as a benefit. What do you see as the downfall? Well, we talked about this the other day on the phone. It was the you get backed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. Eating freeze-dried food is not always the best yeah. thing for and you. and most freeze-dried food is like that. Now, to be honest, there's a lot of freeze-dried food out there they're making that are pretty good. They're making, like, keto freeze-dried food. and uh, Oh, or yeah, you go to, I mean, you go to Sportsman's in Fresno. It's, yeah. They got everything. But the the what I noticed, too, the better the backpacking food is for you, the more expensive they get. Mm-hmm. There's play, there's meals now that are getting up to like $15, $16 mm-hmm. a meal. But like everything else that we've been talking about, get what you pay for. If you, yeah, if you live exactly. that lifestyle and you want to you know stay strict to your diet or whatever. My, my, um, my opinion with it, it and I, I still go with Mountain House right now, and I would love to dehydrate my own food mm-hmm. and get into that. Um, if I ever have the time, I will do it. Um, my thing is Mountain House. They're super high in sodium. You definitely taste it. Most backing packing food is because it's kind of what they got to do to dehydrate it. Um, I love that they taste super good after a long mm-hmm. day on the mountain. They are very I mean, good. They hit the spot way better than if you were trying to eat peanut butter jelly yeah. sandwiches or something you know or eating bland shit mm-hmm. yeah um, they're very good and you can kind of get away with it if you backpack hunt hard uh you're gonna be burning so many calories it's gonna be like nothing to mm-hmm. eat that anyways you're it's gonna go you know you're you're gonna burn through it but 
Yeah, this dude, this stuff backs you up. And cliff mm-hmm. bars do the same thing. It's, yeah. You're, you're, Metamucil you're is what you said? Up, yeah, Metamucil or, or you have something with fiber in it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're plugging your body up. And actually what I'm switching to now, um, I'm getting completely away from the cliff bars. And um, I'm going to do the um, Costco as the trail mix packs mm. that are 250 calories per pack they're tiny pre pre-packaged or is it a bucket jar that you got pre-packaged in individual packs oh, each nice. little pack is 250 calories so if in a pinch you can smash a bunch of calories and you're getting some fat too because you know they got nuts in them and mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna do that from here on out instead of the cliff bars mm-hmm. um and then again, Cliff Bars with some peanut butter sometimes hits the spot too when you're just dying and starving. But um, my other, my other thing is uh, if if it's warm weather, my I'll, I'm gonna start doing more of a lunch thing for me would be the trail mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a meal for breakfast, um, typically just. Uh, an oat kind of meal like the the oatmeal and blueberries or whatever mm-hmm. that mountain house has yeah or i think i got backpackers pantry I think that's what that is right yeah there. yeah and then um then i would do like the for lunch during the day and stuff i'll do the trail mix mm-hmm. and then a meal a dinner meal from mountain house at night um and then when it's cold weather uh something you might look into for this trip because it will be getting pretty cold up there you guys likely might be stopped around lunchtime or when you're getting hungry in the afternoon, sitting or trying to glass or something. Um, I'll I'll carry around the um, my stove and I'll have uh, just some ramen. Mm-hmm. And I actually will do if I'm burning a lot of calories, I'll do the ramen with those. Uh, I'm going to do the packets of uh, that tuna. Oh yeah, so you yeah, can we're get those about. like ninety nine cent packs of tuna. Yeah. Throw some protein on top of it, and it's kind of nice when you're cold on the mountain to warm yourself up with, mm-hmm. you know, that ramen. Yeah. Um, the I was gonna bring something up. I'm trying. To, oh yeah, we were talking about the other day. The your don't change from your daily diet. Don't try and make drastic changes to your daily diet from what you were telling me before because it could mess you up in the mountains pretty bad. I mean, if yeah. You're, and if you're eating three meals a day and you're used to it, don't drop it down. Just say, oh, I could probably get yeah. away with one. And then you're highly, uh, you're, yeah, I mean, you're not getting everything that your body needs to kind of maintain that energy throughout the day. Right. And everywhere we hunt around here is high elevation. So elevation sickness with people is is something real around here to deal with and you get pretty sensitive mm-hmm. i it's it's been an issue i've always had um so if anything don't don't deviate by cutting food out mm-hmm. but add more if anything you know yeah. um like for me it's i pretty much force myself to eat a breakfast because my my normal breakfast is coffee and protein powder, and then I eat something around 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock while I'm at work. I'll eat a little something. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on the mountain, I know I'm going to be hiking hard and burning calories first light right out of the gate. So I'll eat uh, a breakfast meal you right. know, and just heat, heat up some right. water and do the oatmeal. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then hit it. And but with that, uh, coffee is also important for me in that situation. And we kind of talked about this before too. Caffeine makes a world of difference on the mountain and in in elevation. Um, I think a lot of people make the same mistake I've made before and don't realize how sensitive you are to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I'm very caffeine sensitive. Mm-hmm. So, so when I, how do I do it? Um, I've, I've weaned myself off of a crazy amounts of energy drinks. I used to be really bad with that. Mm-hmm. And if I went up in the mountains, I couldn't even give myself enough caffeine because I wasn't even thinking about it. And I would get super bad headaches and the elevation and everything else. So I bring like the little packets of of uh, instant coffee, mm-hmm. like the Starbucks Via Packs. I think Black Rifle Coffee Company has some awesome packets now. They do. Um, so if you want to support the industry, that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. So I just make sure I have... The, at least close to the same amount of coffee I normally have in the morning and so it, those packets are like black coffee and then I have a little bit of protein powder in bags too mm-hmm. that I, I put a little bit of protein in it and I just do like a cup of water shake it all up and just warm it up a little bit on my stove and kind of down it quick in the morning so it's in my system ready to go usually I'll still be I'll still be kind of um, sensitive the first few days and feel the headaches coming on. So I'll just stay on top of it and I always have like um, aspirin or or whatever kind of pill for a headache with caffeine in it. Right. So it gives me a a quick hit of caffeine and then I get used to it. And after a couple days, all I need is my little bit of coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. and I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's one thing I got to get is the... The uh, aspirin with the cat. What is it? Aspirin? It's um, or like yeah, an Advil I or something. I think it's just some kind of acetaminophen with yeah, yeah. caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. So what it it like the cheap off name brand. It doesn't yeah. matter as long as it's got that caffeine in it. I right. think that's a lifesaver in those yeah. moments. And I actually found out too because I I had asthma growing up, um, and one trip a while back in Idaho it it just hit me when I was on the mountain or I was going up a hill and I had like a small asthma attack I didn't even have an inhaler or anything because I hadn't dealt with it in so many years and um my buddy was kind of like here just you know you need some caffeine uh and relax for a minute and the, the, having caffeine actually helped it hmm. it kind of killed it made it go away. I took another one of those pills and kind of let it get into my system and it worked um but those are kind of a lifesaver things for me um and yeah you don't want to deviate anything crazy from your diet and you are you should if anything you should add some calories for sure yeah um because you're going to be burning them you're probably not going to be able to eat enough right like i i so i mean a good way to wrap it up and explain that is that i in oregon my my normal at home calories are probably um they're probably right at or just under 2000 a day when i'm working out and in oregon i was eating closer to 3000 
and I still I lost 12 pounds in a week. So you're burning a lot. You're constantly. Yeah, you're constantly burning it. So and and you're gonna burn a hell of a lot of calories just on your guys's hike in. Mm-hmm. Again, you guys got a crazy hike in. Um, and I wouldn't blame you guys if at some point on that hike you decided you'd rather stop where you're at and camp there. Mm-hmm. And you you might run across some animals or something and decide to do that too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think um, – so that's kind of the route with it. There's there's definitely other options for healthier food. It's a lot more money. You hear a lot online too I wanted to bring up was the peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. I don't know what the fat is. I've never tried a peanut butter and bacon sandwich, but I can imagine it has kind of a lot of protein, good amount of fat. Good protein, good, good carbs. Fat, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's one option you could take. I mean, even just for the hiking, just for that, so you're not – you know, wasting some of your food that you're going to use on the next three or four days while you're hunting. Yeah. And you're trying to add up all those calories. It's just something quick you can eat real quick on your way in and yeah. get you through the through the hike in and then you can eat your mountain house or whatever else you have left after that. But, I mean, I've read a lot of stuff online. A lot of people enjoy that stuff. Cam Haynes, big promoter of the peanut butter <laughs> and bacon, seen that. And a lot of guys uh-huh. have heard that from him, so... Um, so yeah, that's one route you can take. Just something. I mean, it obviously it'll go bad. It's something you got to eat kind of quick, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it. I'm sure it probably hits the spot. Just like you know how much better food tastes on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think typically a good way to go too is get like a a gallon bag Ziploc or something, mm-hmm. and all the food, um, all the food you know you need to eat in one day goes into that bag so you have a bag for every day of all the food mm-hmm. i mean i you're not probably not going to stuff this in there with all the food right. you're not going to stuff your your dinner meal right but your dinner meal you don't have to worry about putting that with those bags um that's yeah, fancy hot peanut butter and raisin oatmeal cereal <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i had that one you're going to be disappointed with it thanks <laughs> god uh, oh you know what no this one wasn't bad there was another one I had that was a dessert one uh, that yeah. that you had like it's five like steps you had food. to cook it two different ways and I <laughs> got to like, bust oh, out the Dutch is, oven. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, um, what, things to um, cook the food on. What do you have? Yeah, so um, I have I use the MSR, mm-hmm. just a stove attachment. So it just a, it's a just a, a stove burner that goes right onto your gas. A canister mm-hmm. um and i bought the cup this year that's very similar to what the jet boil is mm-hmm. and it just sets on that i was a little disappointed with how long it took for in that cup for it to heat up as like the jet boils is all kind of enclosed so they it, it boils you know almost instantly mm-hmm. instantly it's very fast right. so those are pretty cool but uh so I'm I'm probably gonna look into something a little bit different, but the system I have was like it, it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. So you can get that burner. Can you fit I, everything into one piece? Into the cup, yeah. The okay, cup yeah. I bought this year, That's, I can yeah, fit it I all. I was super into. happy with the yeah. jet boil too because you can take you can have your canister, yeah. your stand, everything else you need, put it inside, closes yeah. up, and you have one cup with all your stuff in it. You uh-huh. know, you've got fifteen different pieces that you're digging around your bag for. 
Yeah, it's perfect. It's yeah. all kind of all together, and um, that's what I like. I, I was using a little set with pans. I think Alex still uses them. You'll see them when you guys go out, which it worked. Um, no joke, they were like five bucks at Walmart, and they are pretty light. Um, I stopped using it just because I realized the only use for it is if I want to cook something on a pan, mm-hmm. which we used it once to cook some fish we caught when I went with Alex and that mm-hmm. was cool but um, other than that I everywhere else I was hunting we, we never had we didn't even have downtime to fish anywhere so mm-hmm. it was all all I needed was boiled water Yeah. so I just went with the cup and it saved some space on that mm-hmm. uh, make sure yeah. typically they all come with some kind of plastic cup attached to them that has the measurements on there because you definitely want to get the measurements right for at least what one cup is mm-hmm. for your food because um, it the yeah, food I sucks. Yeah, I think the jet boil has wrong. measurements inside the cup. Yeah, I think I think so too. So yeah, I I don't think you can go wrong with that, and yeah. it's that's even cool because you can put your water in there and cook mm-hmm. your ramen right in it. Yeah, while it's and boiling. then going over the I mean I know we talked about this a couple times, but the canister size. I I feel like that's underestimated a lot from what I've been hearing. Um, you oh, overpack the gas, the gas canisters. Yeah. Right? So you got the big canister here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even bring a second, and maybe I would bring a second just in case some freak thing happened in Something this break. Breaks. If I was going by myself, right? Uh, you're going with someone else who's also going to have their own gas. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. So. I wouldn't bring any more than this. And actually, um, typically, I, I'll i only bring one big one like this or two of the tiniest ones they make mm-hmm. now. Um, and they they do last quite a while, so they do pretty good. Okay. Um, and the little canisters do get heavy, so um, you definitely don't want to have to bring any more. Yeah. Um, th- that's something that I don't do extra anymore. Like I said, unless I'm by myself, it's if I'm by myself, I might pack a little heavy for all those circumstances that you're not ready for. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, water. Yeah. So, um, water storage. I mean, everybody uses some kind of water bladder with a hose attachment to it, um, and I found the best setup. I found at least for myself is I know if I'm hiking from sun up to sundown every day um and I'm I'm just nonstop all day I go through about 3 liters maybe just a little more that's hunting all day so that's hunting all day um now that doesn't now that that's subject to change if I get on an animal and we hunt a little harder, we're chasing something, or I'm mm-hmm. packing something out, I'll probably go through even more. Right. Um, but uh, so that's typically what I'll go out with on the mountain is three liters, and that's yeah. what works for me. Uh, that that changes for everybody mm-hmm. depending on how much water they drink. Yeah. Let's talk um, about water purification a little bit because you go to your local you know sporting uh-huh. sporting goods place and you look around and you have life straws you have bags you can hang in camp you have a million different things you can buy but you know you have to carry efficiently you know yeah. you have to get something that works which i've heard 
the life straw is good for about one or two times, and then it's pretty much useless. I never used it myself, <laughs> so I can't. I've yeah, I can't I comment on it. But those are just a couple things I've heard about it. I haven't done life straw either. So um, the bags in camp, it's super convenient. It's nice, but it's just it doesn't sound practical to carry that thing just because. Yeah, and I've seen like yeah I've it. seen the drip bags too, where it's like you set up two bags in camp, and again to me. So that seems a little overkill to me. I've known people to use them and they love them. Mm-hmm. Um, the t- I think the the biggest things I see are the Steripins, the pumps, and the what's tablets. a Steripin? Oh, oh, so, I see. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so let's start with the tablets. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong with the tablets. From what I've read, that's pretty much across the board what you need to have. And they're the lightest absolute. So yeah, I two little things. I I just went with tablets my first time doing it. I have a hand pump now, a small one. Mm-hmm. That it's a little bit of a pain just because it takes it takes a minute to pump it full, but it works. So you dip one end in and you pump it, and it, it goes through the filter system. And comes out the other and clean. You can drink right out of it if you want. You can fill your water bladder. You fill your Nalgene bottle. Whatever. That's a pretty. Um, and it's, it's just a little great. pump. It's got. It's what. what so is this it? is just like a. It's just handheld. Mm-hmm. So you hold it in one hand and it's it's got like just a, a pump on it like mm-hmm. something just like a like lever. A gas you, primer. Yeah, like a like a primer mm-hmm. thing that you would just squeeze. And the water runs through it. There's a filter it runs through that I imagine has all the same shit that's in the tablets in it. Probably, I would assume <laughs> And it so. just runs right through that. Um, it's just more instant. Right. Because the it's tablets, you got to yeah, wait 30 minutes. Yeah, and, exactly. Okay. So, like, but with that, like that hand pump, you got to know how many uses you still, you got to know mm-hmm. how often to change it. And to be honest, if I know it's convenient and it works... I'll buy a $20 filter or whatever it is every time and just mm-hmm. replace it every time. Mm-hmm. And I know that works too. But right. I, it, honestly, it, it takes longer than the tablets take because it's a small pump. It's smaller and lighter. They do make bigger pumps that are pretty fast and quick. And mm-hmm. that was the most convenient thing I've ever used. Mm-hmm. But for the guy who carried around, it's bigger and a little bit heavier. And yeah. He's keeping that with him all day because in case he runs across water or, you know, um, you never know when you need to top off. Mm-hmm. So so having those tablets, you always know they work and you just top off on the fly. Yeah. Um, what typically happens with them too, and maybe someone who knows something I don't know, um, but I've seen multiple people do this, the water... Um, the directions on the tablet wants you to do one liter at a time mm-hmm. um, and you wait 30 minutes and everybody fills their bladder and dumps however many pills if it's three liters and you're supposed to use three pills they dump nine pills in mm-hmm. and give it 30 minutes and it's clean but it gives it a little bit of an orange tint yeah to the, and that could be off-putting for someone who didn't know that yeah. was going to happen you yeah exactly take, yeah take oh water you scared the living shit out of me the first yeah. time you i take thought your water bottle out and go son of a bitch I thought, i'm gonna be screwed out here i, no I looked at it and thought that's some kind of disease that uh, i'll drink if yeah. i drink that something's not um but yeah it's it's clean you taste you can taste that it's clean um so you know that's all good mm-hmm. um and the, i think the quickest most efficient thing i've seen that still kind of creeps me out is the steripin 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people swear by it. Steripin uses some kind of electric current or something. Um, and I think and, I've seen that. Yeah, so it's literally you just you fill up, you find your water source, you fill up whatever you're using, um, and you take you dip this pin. Oh and it, yes. Swirl it around, and it's got a light on it, and you see the light like illuminate in the mm-hmm. water, and take it out and it's ready to drink Hmm. and it's like it kills whatever's in there Hmm. it's pretty crazy with what like an infrared light or some something like that yeah i don't know we're we're definitely not getting technical here i just made that shit up i'm pretty sure infrared (laughs) doesn't disinfect anything yeah it it sounds right i guess (laughs) yeah yeah it's something that we don't understand so yeah with magic probably some kind of magic for sure Mm -hmm. so yeah um yeah, my uh, my buddy had one, and he scared himself away from it. He thought he he got a little bit of giardia because he he used it wrong and the light wasn't on or something. Which, but he didn't actually end up having giardia, but it it freaked him out enough that he just completely went with the tablets on our hunt. Didn't care. He's like, no, nope, mm. I'm good with the tablets. Yeah. I'll stay with them forever. So Might as well not take the risk if you feel like you're getting sick. Yeah, exactly. It works. So, you know, it gets the job done. It's perfect. Um, and so I always also to have an... I, I carry... I have three liters with me while I hunt. And I bring in an extra bladder. If you're close to a water source, it's pretty convenient to have an extra bladder... And, and an Nalgene bottle. And yes, the Nalgene bottle. That I that thing's solid gold. I've got uh, I've got a, the little holster for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, it just makes it convenient um, if you need to do a quick fill up or something like that. So um, the extra bladder is what I'll keep at camp. Um, uh, one or two extra ones. It's just nice to just to be able to get up pour your water into what your stuff and go mm-hmm. and not have to stop at 4 35 6 o'clock in the morning fill up water and then keep hunting um and then like uh in oregon we were we were a good trek away from the water we were over a mile away from our water i believe so there was certain times where we took our extra bladders and stuff with us on our hunt and stopped at the water on our way in and filled everything up and kind of planned the rest of that day a mm-hmm. little bit around that. And obviously, if we chased something, we were going to chase it right. and leave the water if mm-hmm. we had to. But we figured we were coming back that way, so at the end of the day, we can grab that water and make our way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just convenient, like I said. You can top off at camp and just roll out and not have to waste much time. You've right. got the extra water there. What you don't realize is how much water you use when you're cooking. Mm-hmm. You, you'll you roll through a, a four-liter bladder really quick, actually. Right. You know, so. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, is that you kind of good with water with that? Is that... Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, pretty... That's, that's I mean, all you can your go options. a lot of different directions with it, but it's pretty... You go... It seems like... You want to stay safe, you go with the tablets, make sure, you know. It's, they've, it's they've the absolute been cheapest. proven successful. It's yeah. the cheapest. It's the most compact. It's two little bottles that you got to carry with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just the waiting 30 minutes. It probably 
puts some people off, but it's uh-huh. it's a sh- it's a sure way that your water's gonna be. Yeah, clean. you and know you're doing everything it. you absolutely can. Right. I've I mean, you know, people freak out and they're like, it's got to be running water and this and that. I've drink I've I've had lake water with tablets mm-hmm. and it's it's been all good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you know knock on wood. I I don't want Giardia ever. Right. But um, yeah, and. That's one of those things that it, it sounds weird to say that you can cheap out on not spending a ton of money on your water system, but mm. you know the tablets are going to work and, and you know, that money can go somewhere else your first few times until you're ready to invest in the, the pin or mm-hmm. something else. Right. Which actually, those stereo pins, from what I've seen, aren't that expensive either. I want to say they're under 50 bucks. Yeah. Maybe Which I'll just get one price. and see what yeah. happens. Might give as well give it a shot. I mean, <laughs> if it works, promote it. If it, I mean, if it's not that expensive and it's just it's that simple, you just dip it in your water and your water's yeah. clean. I mean, my well, my buddy kind of called me into. out. Yeah, I got called out in Oregon because he was like, "I go, um, oh well, I'll just use my pump and I'll throw the tablets in there." Mm-hmm. Then he goes, "Then why do you have the damn pump?" <laughs> <laughs> I go, "Ah." You're right. So You're I right. just did the pump by itself, and nice. it worked perfect. Yeah, nice. There's something to be said about having yeah. crystal clear water, too, with yeah. nothing floating in it. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah, that's one thing with the tablets and stuff. You do want some kind of something you can put over the lid of your mm-hmm. your bottle or your uh, water bladder. Or, yeah, something to filter all the floating shit from getting in there. Yeah. Other than that, though... Um, tablets do the job man mm-hmm. um so oh um uh j- a quick side note on the food i know we j- kind of jump past that but um i always do s- i always have something with electrolytes oh, yeah. um be ready to cramp up um so sportsman's warehouse they have the they carry the uh mountain ops that works trail packs yeah the just the yeah you know the electrolyte pack or they have all kinds of different ones they have meal supplements and all kinds of other stuff in there too but uh, yeah so i got a i got a little box of those and so i'm going to carry a handful of those with me so if i need you know it's yeah. got it's like the creatine or the pre-workout packet right it gives you a little extra boost and it's got electrolytes in it so that, i'm that's going perfect. with those so yeah and i've my last um Two, two or three times of the last few times I've gone backpack hunting, I've cramped up on the first day coming in about a hundred yards from camp. And then literally where I had to get on the ground, mm. I had to shoot some, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't like to mix any kind of, I, I've been using Propel, the little oh, packets yeah. of Propel. And I don't like to mix it in water and then drink it um, just because out there, all I want is water. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything sweet in it. Right. So I um, I just shoot the powder straight down, follow some water behind it. I sit for a minute. I try to rub whatever cramp I have out. And that always kicks in and works pretty quick. And I can get, get up and moving and finish off and mm-hmm. kind of relax once I get back to camp. And then... Yeah. True, prepare yeah. myself so something just something yeah something to replenish the body a little bit especially after going all day with yeah 
something it's another one of those things on the mountain while you're chasing an animal and going harder and your adrenaline's going something to keep in mind and stay on top of mm-hmm. um so let's see well, we kind of went over the stove already mm-hmm. we uh we got through our water pretty good here So, let's see here. So, yeah, um, headlamps or something else I got on the list. Um, I stopped taking a little... I had a little flashlight I was throwing in there, too. I stopped taking it because I had two headlamps. They both get the job done. I, um, it could be very simple and cheap, or it can be... That I'm sure they get crazy mm-hmm. expensive. I know there's yeah. some out there that are like the size of a 50 cent piece mm-hmm. that literally will just go around your head with a little band. Yeah. So it depends. You'd spend whatever you want on that as long as. To carry extra batteries. I, yeah, you carry extra batteries. That's yeah. all it is with that. I, I have one that I love using and I have extra batteries for it and it finally died on me in my tent one night and I had. I pulled the extra headlamp I had out and just swapped the batteries out and we were good to go for the rest of the trip. Um, so yeah, headlamps are pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, have two of them. Yeah, carry two. Be ready for that. Yeah. Um, I always keep a GPS with me. I'm pretty. I I like using Onyx a lot. So on I your always, phone, you use Onyx. I use Onyx on so my phone. So do you carry a like portable charging I, device? I don't carry it, but oh well, I keep it in camp. Okay, yeah, I right. Carry it in. You carry so it in. I carry something that'll give me three or four charges, mm-hmm. um, and I typically just I uh, you know I'll leave my phone on airplane mode the whole time. Right. Uh, you got to remember with Onyx, if you're using the breadcrumb feature on it, you're going to be using battery the whole time you're doing that. Right. But typically, but you can leave your phone on airplane mode and just use Onyx to check where you're at mm-hmm. and your locations and stuff. And um, if, if you get in a pinch, you can just literally turn on the compass mode on that and look where your camp is and just walk in a straight line to it if you had to. Right. Um, which is typically what your GPS will do. So I've still been bringing my GPS because it's so small and that's my backup. Right. Because it... It is extra weight, but it is one of those things. If something happened to my phone and I was kind of turned around, it's that's a lifesaver, you know. So, um, and I, again, I'm not going to get into the brands of GPS and what. There's all kinds of cool ones out there. It doesn't matter, as long as uh, the first one I had did, showed zero topo or anything. All it was is I would mark waypoints and. Yeah. I'd mark my camp, and if I got turned around, it'll send me in a straight line to my camp. That's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah. Um, and Onyx has all the features where I can mark where I saw animals. Right, and track and, your steps and do all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's too. pretty cool, and I think it's worth the money. Um, and then, yeah, we do. So you have a, a waterproof container here. It's something I do, too. Mm-hmm. I do something small and not this. You have, like, a heavy-duty plastic one here. Yeah, this is, like, a phone case, I think. Yeah. I just threw everything in. So I just do something it. smaller, and I always keep I keep my tags, my license. I'll put my driver's license and, a, um, and, like, my debit card in there, too. 
while I'm out and about, and in something I can buy keep something. my keys in. <laughs> yeah. In case the taco truck rolls yeah. through or something. Yeah, I mean, shit, no, they, did you get a taco? They take cash, man. <laughs> Dang it, they only take cash. How long have you lived in this town? <laughs> no, um, no, I keep it in, in whatever weird pinch you can get into where you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not coming out the way you came in or something. Yeah. But, um, just keep that protected if you get into shitty weather. Yeah, I'll probably just hang on to that. It's it's somewhat compact. It's good enough. I mean, I can put some stuff in there. Yeah, it you're be fine. You're good with that. Um, I, I kind of mentioned it a minute or, or for a little bit earlier too. Is I have a, I take one of my side pockets of my my um, pack. Mm-hmm. And I actually I'll insulate it like with a garbage bag, and um, I'll put my food in that, zip it up, and I use some paracord and I hang it in a tree. Um, you know, just again, it's even if there's no. And we're back. And third attempt where we got interrupted by a phone call. And we're Damn live. it! Okay, so. Um, yeah, anyways, I was saying uh, bring some paracord mm-hmm. so you can throw it around a tree, get your food elevated, because even if there's not bears or anything, there might be squirrels or something out there that will get into it. So Ravens. Those right, little bastards. Ravens. Jesus. Yeah, it's the real deal. <laughs> They'll eat anything. Um, let's see. And yeah, and I, uh, I already kind of said that I'd bring some extra large trash bags with me. Mm-hmm. Um. And one thing that's not really in your pack, I think it's pretty important to have a good chest harness for your binoculars and to throw some... I keep wind checker in there and I keep... If I'm bow hunting, I keep my spare release in there. Um, And if I'm elk hunting, I have all my elk reads and stuff Mm -hmm. and all my calls. So those are kind of good to have too. Um, And then... Let's see. So yeah, it's getting kind of late, glass. and we're getting tired. Let's so talk I'm about glass forgetting. real quick. Yeah. So I know we had a discussion about the spotting scope. Yes, you have a wonderful like ten pound spotting scope that you're going to carry in with you. <laughs> this is like a hunting in the Wyoming uh, open open land, and you just drive around your truck, and you've got like a phone scope, and you're just hanging out the side <laughs> of your truck. Is that what I got? Is that what you're saying? Uh yeah, something like that. It's alright. That's Brandon's um, Brandon Taylor, shout out. Thanks for the spotting scope. <laughs> um uh, hold on okay. Let me hold on a second here. The the damn woman is trying to get me to let her in the house. So I don't want to pause this. You keep I'll just fly solo. Freestyle for a second. Yeah, I'll freestyle Talk about for a little how while. Big this giant ass so, is. Yeah. So it's a pretty large size. It's Oh you're in yeah, we were in here. <laughs> we're getting everybody squared away. But. Okay. Yeah, so the spotting scope is very heavy. Um, we were talking about in, at least in our so, area that we're hunting, it's just kind of overkill because there's not enough real estate to look. There's not as far. Open, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you can't get the full, the full potential out of the spotting scope. Of what you can't get what it can actually do because like, it's such a small area. There's spots where you're gonna get up on the mountain. And you're going to see clearings and meadows. And Alex and I have had a conversation about how we grew up having this 
this same damn dream of seeing this perfect little buck walk out into a meadow. And we have never in our life seen a buck in a meadow. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that happens. So, um, so what? Damn it, people! <laughs> you guys are getting in here, throwing our groove off, he's, letting all the dogs in. All right. <laughs> We're in the middle of our thing. Get out. <laughs> Go hang out in the living room. Oh, this is going to be get, great. They could join. If we got the dogs in here. This is wonderful. Cody, it's a party. Oh, it's a party. We're having a okay. party. So... Go hang out in the living room. We're like, we're going to be done in like five minutes, all right? Uh, there's plenty of alcohol. There's in the Captain room. Morgan. It was full last time we saw it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I just went from professional on episode one to just straight off the rails on this. <laughs> this is what we get for for doing this after after yep, a after night hours. out drinking and mm-hmm. doing it super late. Yep. So, anyways... Um, you did tell everybody to come over, so I I'm did. I thought I thought everyone else was still awake. So it's all right. It's all right. We have more guests. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm sure <laughs> that everyone wants to hear from my vegan wife. So what do you think? Are we wrapping it up? We talked um, about the. I mean, Karen just about yeah. So the the last thing with that spotting, honestly, I don't think you're going to need it. It's mm-hmm. cool to have. We t- Alex and I took it took one on the last trip we did together, and. We found one spot where we can glass. All we could do was glass a meadow because everything else was so thick. I kind of feel like we wasted time getting up high and trying to glass because literally the only thing you can see was the clearings, and I just don't think those deer are going to be in the clearings. Yeah, um, that is true. You it's get like up on top of anywhere you got your little cut open spots, and yeah, there's not a whole lot of whole lot of area that doesn't have trees. Yeah, and it's like when we were in Idaho, it was the exact opposite of that. It was completely open, all grass, and there were small little spots that had trees, and if you glass those areas, you were finding deer in them. Mm-hmm. But they were out in the open, too. So, and, you know, they were all around the sage, and um, I just don't think I'll ever do it in our area again with a big spotting scope. I'll mm-hmm. definitely invest in one for next time I'm in Idaho or something. But yeah, yeah, it's a little overkill. Um, it's definitely heavy, and you got a scope. It is heavy. You got a scope and the stand. Mm-hmm. So I bet you'll be really happy with the difference of that bat, that pack on your back without that yeah. thing. It's a lot of storage space too that you kind of give up. Yeah, and. It, if you aren't going in nine miles to camp, I would, I would say, yeah, just take it for mm-hmm. a couple mile trip. But I, I think you're not gonna want it anyways. So yeah, you won't use it much. Carry binos. Yeah, get get some good binos, and uh, it's gonna be a. You're gonna be. You know, you're gonna get into some areas where you have enough of a clearing to glass all around you, a hundred yards or so. And that's what you're gonna have to kind of play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, uh, we, yeah, we don't really have to jump into how to pack this thing. Uh, I like the way you had it packed, and I'll we'll do a different podcast. And actually, I'm gonna do a different podcast with um, shout out to Sean Smith. He's our uh, our Hoyt bow hunting pro staff local guy, and um, he is a pretty badass backpack hunter. He like he gets dropped off in Alaska in a bush plane like by himself for 
15 days. Nice. So we're <laughs> so I'm gonna talk with him and we're gonna do that. Um, and now yeah, we're getting joined by my wonderful vegan wife here, and we're about to wrap this up. <laughs> So <laughs> Morgan, any last words for the podcast? No, episode? don't let her say the last <laughs> words. Oh, here okay. we good God. You just lost <laughs> all of your followers. <laughs> all all sixty people who downloaded this podcast are gonna be gone now. <laughs> okay, yeah, um so that's uh that was kind of a good quick rundown for the first time backpacking trip Sam's doing. Mm-hmm. Um that's pretty much all the gear. Uh, that will you'll allow you to survive the trip that's what you need um like i said we'll go into some more really crazy high-tech ones i'd like to do one with sean he can really explain it um and he's the one who knows like every product for every little detail you know Mm -hmm. so we'll get into that a lot and um and i'll try to i'll try to put together a pack list in order a great way to do all this stuff we just talked about uh, in your pack and how to put it together. Um, and again, for all the first timers, I hope this helps. And I'll I'll post that list online soon enough. So that's pretty much it. Any last words, Sam? No, just don't be afraid to spend the money on halfway decent stuff that makes your life a little bit better while you're spending. I agree completely. Days on in in the woods. Awesome. All right. We'll wrap it up. That's uh, episode two, which is really episode one, redone. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. All right. See you guys later.